Welcome to the Change of Kim cast. Hello, I'm James Howard. And I'm Kim Carson. Thanks for listening. Much of the country is dealing with dangerously freezing cold weather. It's so cold. It's a little cold out there, huh? And we got 10 inches of snow. Well, it's cold, 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 cold inside. Hey, I don't want to be right. I have no feeling in my fingers, but I think it was worth it. So we hope you are warm wherever you're listening to the Change of Kim cast. The whole country's been cold this week. Hey, we have a super fascinating subject for you today. You've just got to keep listening because recently there was a pauper cemetery that was discovered here in Chattanooga. I mean, it's a really cool piece of Chattanooga history. You will not believe, you just won't believe it, how many are buried here. And it was, yeah, it was just recently discovered. So we want you to stay tuned. We've got a very, very in-depth conversation with a, uh, a Chattanooga historian, Linda Moss Mines. But before we get started, let's talk about the gig. It's available thanks to our sponsors, EPB Fiber Optics. It is the fastest internet around and the best value in town, $67.99 a month, only from EPB. We encourage you to subscribe, tell your friends about us, like us, share us. And interact with us as well. It's a great way to get in touch with us through our social media channels. It's under The James and Kim Cast. So have you ever had an opportunity to sit down with a historian or somebody that just loves history and, and can talk about a particular you know, time in history? Yes, a couple of times, but not necessarily just about Chattanooga. Oh, my goodness. Linda Moss Mines. And the times I have with her are usually, you know, three and a half, four minutes on, on the, the, the TV side or, you know, when we have her on the air on our show. It's just a couple it's of minutes. Just, it's just a couple of minutes. But I sat down with her for, uh, in fact, she was on the phone with me, for almost 10 minutes. And everything that came out of her mouth was so interesting. Listen, listen to this conversation. But I'm always wanting, you know, we always need more time with you. So I'm glad we've got a little extra uh, extra time with you on the show today. Well, that's fantastic. And you're being very kind because you know it's always dangerous to start a conversation with a historian because we get so excited about things that are going on and have gone on. Well, a lot of, well, you know, the, the thing is, a lot of people, their ears perk up when Linda Moss Mines is on a program because you always have some very interesting things to say. I first want to pick your brain about this newly discovered Popper Cemetery in Hamilton County. So, I don't even know where to begin. First, when do we discover it? How many people have been buried in this location? Where exactly is it? I want to know more about this. Well, it's absolutely a fantastic story. We only discovered it about 10 days ago. Now, obviously, it's been there forever because it was used by the county as the pauper cemetery from the 1880s until about 1906. Our best estimate and looking at some of the newspaper articles where the sextons talk about how many burials per week, there are probably over 10,000 people buried in this this cemetery. And, you know, it it disappeared from collective memory. Uh, No one seemed to remember anything about it. We discovered it kind of by fluke because um, a retired police officer in Chamblee, Georgia, they were looking at where the name Chamblee came from. And they discovered that the name was submitted by a gentleman by the name of Wiley Chambly, who was a railroad employee, African-American. And he was from Chattanooga, came back to Chattanooga, died, and they didn't know what happened to him. 
in looking for where he was buried, it came up with a pauper cemetery. And it was not, they called me, the, the police officer doing the research called me, and the location that he had was not a cemetery that we were aware of. Hmm. And from that, we began doing the research. Can you imagine losing track of 10,000 family members? Linda, 10,000. I mean, when, I mean, through the years, you know, we, 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 we've heard about, you know, Popper cemeteries in Hamilton County, but not to this magnitude. We're talking about 10,000 poppers. So can you tell us exactly where this is located? It is located on the, the back side or the west side of Stringer's Ridge, north of the Stringer's Ridge Tunnel. Its closest landmark is the Red Bank Dog Park. And it, the land was chosen because it was basically unusable for anything else, which tells you something about in that period of time how we treated those who were poor mm. and their families. But it's on the steep sides of embankments, a huge ravine with water running through at the bottom, and a lot of that's why it's disappeared because once it was no longer in use, it grew up with trees and vines, and there are no markers still visible. There were small metal markers, and we've uncovered scores of them in going in and, and trying to look at the land. But everything had sort of gone down and been covered with silt and with the vines and everything, and it lost. It was just lost to collective memory. Because mm. I was going to ask you about the markers. So you, you, you've, you've found, what, what does a, a marker look like in this case? Uh, about two feet tall, very narrow metal rod, and it would have a number at the top. Okay. What's interesting is during the years, because, of course, paupers were normally buried in wooden coffins. Often the wooden coffins were not actually coffins. They were constructed from shipping containers. And, of course, they deteriorate very quickly. So what we're beginning to find is markers, you know, five or six markers in the exact same spot where people were buried on, on top of previous people. And, I mean, it's just... Some of the stories that we've uncovered in the Chattanooga News, which was one of the newspapers at that time, I've been able to pull a lot of articles, still working on it, but some of the conditions that were at the cemetery were just absolutely amazingly deplorable. If you can use all of those adjectives in one sentence, it's just, I mean, it's a story that needs to be told. And, of course, what we're so interested in, what we being the county and the city of Red Bank, is that there needs to be a historical marker. We're applying to the Tennessee Historical Commission for that. But there also needs to be just some education that is there. We want to bring in, you know, the appropriate chaplains for a blessing of the ground, you know, and, and to be able to research some of the people who are buried there and for family members who maybe heard that a family member was buried in a pauper cemetery. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Sure. Is, it's just amazing. Sure. Linda, yeah, because we're talking about um, over 10,000 paupers being buried there between the 1880s and 1906, including several uh, veterans of the Civil War and, and the U.S. colored troops, right? We are. And, of course, that for me, as, as someone who works with the Chattanooga Area Veterans Council, we're all so excited about that because I think people forget that while Chattanooga was a gateway to the South during the Civil War, that Grant was here and that Sherman marched from here, people forget the flip side of that, that Chattanooga was designated as the gateway to freedom because if you were a former slave, 
attempting to get north to freedom. If you got to Chattanooga, Tennessee after 1863 and could get to the north bank of the of the Tennessee River, you became the U.S. Army stationed here would take you under their protective wing and your freedom would eventually be guaranteed. So Chattanooga was so pivotal in that story. Mm. A lot of those former slaves joined the U.S. colored troops and served here in this area, and then many of them chose to stay in the city because they saw it as a progressive location. Wow. This is so... I mean, it's amazing. And to think that they are buried with no one knowing, you know, right. we right. need to have a ceremony where we simply read their names. As long as you know someone's name, they're not truly gone. Yeah, yeah. Now, when it comes... Because I want to I kind of step back a little bit. So was this discovered, Linda, uh, through newspaper articles, or did somebody stumble on one of these... Two, you know, um, one of these markers, one of these metal markers. It was actually discovered through the newspaper articles, okay. and one of the articles gave a location that was, you know, one mile north of the river and a certain distance okay. from the bridge. And the bridge at that point was Walnut Street Bridge. And we literally started looking at plant maps and found a, an 1888 map that there was a little notation that said pauper cemetery. You know, most people know that there is a poor cemetery and a pauper cemetery across from UTC adjacent to the Citizen Cemetery and the Jewish Cemetery. Uh, Most people know that Forest Hills for a period was used as a pauper cemetery. And then, of course, today we use Kofor Cemetery, which is out sort of where Lee Highway and Bonnie Oaks come together. But I haven't found anyone who had any previous knowledge about this cemetery because I guess everyone who knew about it no longer is with us. Hey, make sure you like us and share us on our social media handles. We'll have some more information from uh, Linda on on our social media. It's at The James and Kim Cast. So the next question I ask her, we're going to get back to Linda, but what's the ethical thing to do when you find something like this, when you discover something like this in your community? Hold that thought. You know there is nothing more annoying than being charged for hitting your internet data limit, especially these days. But thanks to our sponsors at EPB Fiber Optics, there are no data caps. Thank goodness for that. You can use as much bandwidth as you want at no additional charge. That's right. With the gig, you get 1,000 megabits of speed for just $67.99 a month. So go ahead. Don't get annoyed. Get the gig from EPB. What's the What's the ethical thing to do when, when you find something like this? Oh, it has to be preserved. You know, state law says that cemeteries must be preserved. They need to be recognized. In fact, um, it's kind of interesting. Governor Lee appointed a new cemetery commission about 14 or 15 months ago um, that six individuals from across the state of Tennessee working with the Tennessee Historical Commission. It just so happens that I serve on that committee because cemeteries are a passion of mine. You know, the cemeteries are some of the great, greatest textbooks in the world for people who love history. So what we have to do is to make certain. There's no danger of anyone encroaching on this land because it's unbuildable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not any other use for it, but we have to be able to clear it, to mark it, and to have some sort of acknowledgement that there is indeed a cemetery there, even though there are no individual grave markers. Sure. So, what's your your vision for this? For for the community to band together to you know to put a um, a permanent marker uh, plaque, uh, you know, um, you know, something there to 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 recognize these ten thousand individuals. 
Oh, I, I think that that's definitely what we have to do is that we have to come together as a community. We have to, you know, know the stories. And I have had a number of the women, um, in fact, I mentioned it at a Daughters in the American Revolution meeting yesterday, and I had a number of the women step forward and say, you know, because we've uncovered about three or 400 names at this point from going back and looking at death certificates who are willing to research those individuals. We need some sort of, you know, a public website, a public somewhere, and I, I can't envision it just yet exactly what it looks like, sure. but a place where those stories can be told because, you know, to say grave marker number A is not the same as saying this is where, you know, and whatever the name, and this person was a father, mm. a son, um, owned a small business, but in an older age, and so often, so many of our paupers were simply poor families, and because there wasn't as, as strong of a social network to help people if they were infirmed or they were aged, when it came time for them to be buried, there was no one to pay for the funeral, mm. and the county would bury them, and they would be buried in the pauper cemetery. Wow. Those stories need to be told, and sure. those names need to be remembered. Wow, sure. So, Linda, uh, as as we wrap up, and, and and when it comes to Chief John Ross and his legacy as, as a founding father, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to just um, use that topic for another show, okay? <laughs> but, oh, that that'll be fine. Yeah. we we can always talk history. I, I, oh my word, you are! I just love talking <laughs> to you. I just love talking to you. But with this uh, the, the cemetery and and some of the. Um, Everything that you just talked about, where people can get inf- more information, how they can get involved, uh, with with banding together to to, to put a a monument, to put a, a a plaque, to put something on on the premises there where uh, this popper cemetery is located here in Hamilton County. How can people get in touch with with you? What's the best way? Uh, the best way is to email me, and I have a really easy email to remember. It's all lowercase letters. Local history counts. C-O-U-N-T-S, no spaces at gmail.com, because you know what, James? Local history counts. Amen to that. I totally believe that. Local history counts at gmail.com. Gmail.com, yes. And I would welcome volunteers. You know, for a lot of people, these sorts of stories intrigue them, and there's always work. You don't have to be a historian. I I can help you sort of learn the ropes. All you have to do is have an interest in preserving the past. Mm. Wasn't that fascinating? It's really kind of incredible that it went this long undiscovered. I know. Yeah. Linda Moss Minds, we so appreciate uh, her her time. LocalHistoryCounts at gmail.com. LocalHistoryCounts at gmail.com. And interact with us, too. Yes. You can find us online. Our Facebook handle and our uh, Twitter, as well as our Instagram handles, are the James and Kim Cast. Hey, before we go, we have to say once again thank you to our sponsors, EPB Fiber Optics, for giving you the best internet value in town. Where can you get 1,000 megabits for only $67.99 a month? Only from EPB. And that's going to wrap it up for the James and Kim Cast. Thank you very much for listening. And make sure you check out the live version of the James and Kim Show, 5 a.m. until 10 a.m., Monday through Friday on Sunny 92.3.